Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Action Network Podcast. Welcome into the Action Network podcast. This is your UFC Fight Night 204 betting preview. Brendan Glasheen back with you on the Action Network podcast, joined by Action Network senior writer Sean Zarillo and former professional MMA fighter, MMA analyst at the Action Network, Billy Ward. UFC Fight Night 204 takes us across the pond, the O2 Arena in London. This is the first UFC event in London in three years, we have 12 fights on the card, six on the main card, six prelims. Our main focus here on the podcast for the next 20 minutes or so, the main event, of course, we'll get to the guy's fight of the night. We have underdog plays, favorite props, a look on the DFS slate with Billy, and of course, best bets. So we start with the main event, Alexander Volkov at plus 110. You can find odds anywhere, of course. We're looking at MGM right now, eight and three in UFC this year. Tom Aspinall at minus 130. He's 4-0 in UFC fights this year. This is a heavyweight fight. Sean, we'll go to you first. What is your opening thought, and how are you approaching this particular fight? Yeah, I'm going to go against the heart and go against one of my favorite fighters or prospects in Tom Aspinall and take Alexander Volkov here at plus 110. Projected him around 51%. I think he should be favored. Now, Aspinall is very talented, very fast hands, tons of power. He's a big kid, too, and he's a dangerous grappler if he gets this fight to the mat. But we haven't really seen him have success past the seven-minute mark, and that goes back to his regional days, just 13 professional fights in his career. So Volkov, more than 30 professional fights in addition to Aspinall's experience, and he's faced better competition. So Aspinall coming up in competition and doing something he's never done before. Typically, when a fighter starts their first 25-minute fight, they're very established in 15-minute fights and show that they can push a pace for 15 minutes. Aspinall's never had to do that, never had to fight really for more than seven or eight minutes. So it kind of remains to be seen how he's going to fare if this fight gets extended. And Volkov is a very likely opponent to extend the fight. Been in 25 minutes about six times. Very familiar with main events. As I said, very familiar with top-level opponents. And if Aspinall can't get him out of there early, Volkov should eventually pick up steam as this fight goes. Should make use of his length advantage, front kicks to the body, hit him with straight punches, jab him over and over. Expect him to win minutes on volume as we get later into the fight. 
Like I said, Aspinall, I think should have some early success. Maybe he even knocks Volkov down, steals the first round, maybe the second round. You could look to jump in on Volkov live after round one, round two. I do expect him to drown Aspinall late. I'm also taking Volkov's late props. Round three is plus 1,800. Round four is plus 2,800. Round five is plus 3,300. Sprinkle each of those, take Volkov on the money line, and I'm also betting the fight to end inside the distance. Minus 150 at BetMGM. I projected that line closer to minus 185. Aspinall early, Volkov late. I do expect this fight to end inside the distance. Billy, how about yourself? How are you approaching the main event? Yeah, I'm pretty much with Sean here. Uh, I don't plan on betting this pre-fight. If I had to, I think I would go with Aspinall by knockout at plus 180. I think he's got a pretty solid puncher shot early on. But I'm with Sean. I'm looking to live bet this. I'm hoping Aspinall comes out as hard as he normally does, kind of gasses himself out, but wins round one or round two. Then we can fire on the live bet on the Volkov side if that line gets even better. Aspinall has won seven straight fights overall, all by stoppage, and he takes on the veteran in Volkov, who normally has height and reach advantages, but not this case. And I think the odds reflect that. So a live betting opportunity, according to the guys. So keep an eye on that as this fight gets underway on Saturday. Let's move to our favorite underdogs. Billy, we'll go to you first on your favorite dog for the card. Yeah, my favorite dog is definitely Paul Craig. I think he's up to plus 165 some places you can see him. Um, He's got great submissions, obviously. We saw him break Jamal Hill's arm. It was ruled a knockout, but it was really a submission. He broke his arm and then beat him up. But uh, he's very aggressive hunting takedowns. He attempts over two per round. And as we saw against Hill, if he can't force a takedown, he'll just pull you down into guard. So he's going to make this a ground fight one way or the other, which I think is a huge advantage to him. I think he probably gets a takedown. Krylov's takedown defense is only 55%. Average in the UFC is about 70%. And Krylov's also a long, skinny guy. Guys like that, they've got more limb to try to attack with submissions. I think that makes it even easier for Craig once it does get to the ground. So I really like his money line at where it's at right now. I'm also going to sprinkle a little bit on his submission at plus 450. You know, hopefully we don't see something like against Hill where he gets a submission and then beats him up. But 450 is pretty long odds for a guy who wins almost everything by sub. And Sean, you have you have similar thoughts to Billy on this. Yeah, Paul Craig, the one underdog money line where I'm showing value for tomorrow, projected him closer to plus 145. So I do think there's value on his side. That said, there is a better way to play him to win this fight, in my opinion. So we'll touch on that in the prop section coming up next. The two big underdogs I did look at on this card, Shamil Abdurakhimov and Kazula Vargas, considered making both of those plays, but ultimately had to pass. So wanted to get dip my toes into the underdog waters this card, but didn't find any that were really enticing to me. Paul Craig unbeaten in his last five fights. And as Billy mentioned, you can get him over on DraftKings at plus 165. Our fight of the night for the guys, they are looking to Dan Hooker at plus 100. And he takes on Arnold Allen in a featherweight matchup. Allen at minus 120. This one should be really fun and something's got to give it feels like in this fight based on the directions each of these fighters are going Sean get us started your thoughts on Hooker Allen how are you approaching this from a betting standpoint yeah so the co-man in the main event on this card the favorite is a local guy and I think in both fights the underdog is the rightful favorite have Hooker here projected at 55 percent so I do lean to his side and getting plus money on a guy I have projected at 55 percent I do have to bet that at least a little bit. I do have a preferred way to play this fight. We'll touch on that at the end of this podcast. But to me, Dan Hooker returning to featherweight, 
Should be absolutely massive in the cage. Made weight without issue. Used to fight in this division. But should be massive. Five inches of height and reach against Allen. Tons of pressure. Tons of volume. Allen is good at fighting backwards, which is why I think this can be a very good fight. He can apply pressure himself. But I think he needs to hit takedowns here in order to win because Hooker should have more volume. And with that length advantage, he just should be able to piece him up at range for 15 minutes. I do expect a close fight. Allen has some major power in his left hand. I actually think he'll land the harder shots, but he tends to get caught taking pictures of his opponents at times. We'll just stand there not throw enough volume. It tends to get a little frustrating. He would have lost his last fight against Sadiq Yusuf if he didn't score a pair of knockdowns. And I was on Allen in that fight. So it was very sweaty. But Dan Hooker, higher level of competition. Allen taking a step up here. And Hooker's the bigger man as well. So to me, Dan Hooker, not only the experience, but also the skill and the size advantages. Give me Dan Hooker. And he is the older fighter in this matchup. Big time finisher, all action approacher. Some of his strengths. Billy Allen competing for the first time in 11 months here. He's a promising prospect in UFC. And you actually like him. You're on the opposite side of Sean here. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Hooker's age because that's a big part of this for me. Okay. You know, when you see a guy into their 30s dropping a weight class, that doesn't always end that well. You know, the, the speed is the first thing to go as fighters get older. He's going down to a lighter weight class where guys are generally quicker. And he looks like a stick. I know he made weight no problem, but he is super skinny for that weight class, which probably means we see Allen with a strength advantage, which definitely helps with the takedowns. So when we've got power, as Sean mentioned, you know, he's probably likelier to land the harder shots. And he should have a grappling advantage or at least a takedown advantage, which usually wins the round, even if you don't do anything with it. I like the younger guy. I like, you know, the guy who's coming up and trending in the right direction, whereas Hooker's lost three of his last four. They were against much tougher competition, but I still like the up-and-comer, especially with the weight class change factored in. And I think that's where our opinions slightly diverge. I don't really see Allen having that grappling success. Would you say, Billy, if Allen doesn't hit a takedown, would you say Hooker's more likely to win the fight? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think he, he gets one or two. I think he probably only needs one or two. And I wanted to specify definitely takedown advantage. I don't know once it gets to the ground, if he does much with it. So I don't think he necessarily has a grappling advantage, but I think he can squeeze out a takedown or two, which a lot of times to the judges, that's just an instant round win, even if you don't really do much. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm worried generally going against these British fighters with the home cooking with the judges, we're going to see some pretty biased scorecards on Saturday. So not going to have too much invested against the Brits. If anything, I'd want to be taking their decision props. Yeah, this is something. I mean, Hooker hasn't lost to elite competition in a number of years now. And we've talked about Allen. He's the young up and comer. He's eight. No inside the octagon. So another fight that should be very intriguing. It's very close. And the odds once again, Tell us that. Again, you're tuned into the Action Network podcast, UFC Fight Night 204. Brendan Glasheen with our Action Network MMA analysts, Sean Zarillo and Billy Ward. Sean's been looking forward to this. We now explore the prop market for the big fight night in London. Sean, let's go. Prop market time. Yeah, good card for prop betting. Not as good for money lines or totals. So Billy talked about Paul Craig being our favorite underdog of the night, which I fully agree with. But I think the better way to play Craig is by inside the distance, plus 330 at DraftKings. I make this line closer to plus 200. I would say a finish is around 80% of his win condition. The market's saying it's closer to 60%, 55%. Completely disagree with that. Craig has been to the decision once in his career. All of his wins are by finishing his career. This guy will relentlessly attack submissions for the entire time that he's inside the cage. He seems to fight like a guy 
who's trying to get in and out of the cage as quickly as possible. Generally a good under one and a half rounds bet, but Craig inside the distance plus 330. Krylov, even if he doesn't get taken down, it's likely that he tries to take Craig down at some point. He's attempted 18 takedowns in his last three fights. If he keeps the fight standing, he could probably pick Craig apart on the feet, but he really seems to want to wrestle of late. And that's probably a bad idea diving into Craig's guard. He'll throw up triangles. He'll hammer you with elbows. He'll do a variety of things in his guard, which are very dangerous. And we've seen Krylov get submitted in the past. So instead of taking that plus 160 on Craig's money line, I'd much prefer his inside the distance odds at plus 330. Submissions odds, as Billy mentioned, plus 450 as well. And the one other prop I want to mention, Corey McKenna inside the distance, plus 333 at BetMGM. Also plus 750 by submission. I think those are terrific odds. Elise Reed, to me, doesn't belong in the UFC. Grappling is too low level, and I think McKenna can finish this fight with one takedown. Billy, favorite prop? Yeah, I'm glad you uh, mentioned inside the distance on Craig, though, because that gives you a little bit of insurance if he does go for the, you know, put you in a triangle and beat you up instead of just finish the sub situation that he goes for. But, uh, no, I'm going way off the rails with this. I actually like Jai Herbert by knockout at plus 600. You know, he's a huge underdog against Topuria. I think Topuria might be a little distracted with this whole beef he's got going with Patty Pimblett and everything they're getting into. And Herbert has an eight-inch reach advantage in this one. So I don't think he's necessarily the better fighter. But when you got a guy who's got big power and eight inches in reach, and he's going to come out there and swing a few times, all it takes is one of those to land. And that's definitely better than a one-in-six chance, I think. So, you know, I'm not super confident this is how this is going to play out. But plus 600 is a really good price on that. Yeah, I'd say that's the vast majority of his win condition, too. Generally, with these underdogs who are, you know, sort of knockout or bust, I think you'd prefer to take their knockout props as opposed to their money line. So this looks like a good spot for that one. Yeah, there's no way he wins a decision or, you know, wins 15 minutes. But can he land a punch? That's a little bit easier. Let's move to the DFS side of things. Billy really specializes in this category. So, Billy, we've got the UFC contest up. We've got it up right now on DraftKings. Aspinall is our most expensive. I uh, checked that. Our most expensive fighter is... Uh, Pimblet at 9,400. And then uh, Topuria at 9,300. Nelson, 9,200. So some expensive fighters on this card. How are you going about, we'll start GPPs. How are you going about constructing a lineup and capitalizing? Always, of course, trying to have differentiation and get the winning lineup. Yeah, the big one with this, I think between Pimblet and Pavlovich, you're going to want at least one, maybe two of those guys. I think you're probably going to save a little bit of ownership on two of those guys. They'll both be high individually, but given their salaries, it's going to be hard to fit both in as well as Topuria. But of course, that means we need to find savings otherwise. So I really like Luana Carolina down at 7,800. More for cash on that side. And then Jack Shore and Paul Craig for GPPs are both fairly cheap. You know, we've been all over Craig to get a stoppage here, and he is only 7,500. So if you can get him in there, you know, he's an underdog, which usually means it's going to be slightly less ownership. And then, of course, in all your contests, you want one of the guys in the main event. Their salaries are both pretty reasonable, so whoever gets the win is almost definitely going to be in the optimal lineup, unlike the last couple cards where we've seen real expensive main event favorites not make the best lineups. Yeah, I I guess the question I have is, like we discussed earlier when we talked about the main event, um, especially with Aspinall, he doesn't, you know, the fight doesn't last very long. That has to play a a factor, right, into accumulating fantasy points. Like, there's concern that the fight doesn't go long enough where you can't rack up points, right? 
There is, but they get so much more points for ending a fight early by stoppage than they do late. And that's kind of the thesis with these five round fights is they're either guaranteed an early stoppage or they get 10 extra minutes to fight. So one way or the other, there's usually enough opportunity to score points. The only time I really like fading those is when one of the fighters is exceedingly expensive and we don't think he's likely to put up a lot of points because that makes it hard. But when these guys are both was 8,379, I think. Mm-hmm. Whoever wins that at those salaries is almost definitely going to be in the best lineup. And then for I'll, cash, you just play both of them and you're guaranteed the win. Yeah. And speaking of cash games, give us some value fighters that you're eyeing for the contest. Yeah. You know, I mentioned Luana Carolina earlier, her fight. I think she's a pretty live underdog to win, but that fight has one of the longest odds of being stopped early. She strikes with pretty good volume. So she can put up some points, even if she doesn't get the win. And then I also like Jack Shore against Team Valiev. For similar logic, that one, I had to look up what the stoppage line is on that. It is plus 165 to stop. So we can get 15 minutes out of him. He attempts a ton of takedowns. He gets a couple of those that helps you on the scoring-wise, even if he doesn't get the win. So you're a little bit safer picks there, a little bit higher floor. Sean, you got any thoughts on these on these picks? I know Bill, this is more of Billy's uh, wheelhouse here, but anything to add? Yeah, he mentioned the McCann-Carolina fight. You know, McCann being from England – I'd say McCann to win by split decision is probably minus 1,000 in that fight. So I'd just be a little careful about Luana Carolina uh, not getting the scorecards. That's that's going to be a gross, ugly fight that is going to be very difficult to score. So the one that really stuck out to me was Pavlovich. He's even money, basically, to win in the first round. Uh, and if he doesn't, I think Abdurakhimov is going to have pretty strong chance to grapple him in rounds two and three. So Shamil potentially is a, as an underdog play might be in uh might be in my DFS lineups. I think he might be able to grapple in the late rounds or potentially secure a late finish. Five fighters with a salary North of $9,000. So there's just a little bit more to work with. It feels like as Billy mentioned than previous weeks. Okay. We can't wrap up the pod until we get to our best bets for UFC fight night. 204 again it's at the 02 in london sean we'll start with you best bet for the weekend yeah we already talked about the co-main event between dan hooker and arnold billy allen and that's where i'm going to go for my best bet but it's not dan hooker billy and i disagreed on the side and i think that's okay this is going to be a really tough close competitive fight and if billy's able to hit takedowns arnold billy allen i think the clock is going to tick away pretty quickly so i've got this fight going to the distance two-thirds of the time 67 percent or minus 200 implied you can get a minus 140 at BetMGM. I think that's a terrific bet. Fight to go to a decision, minus 140 at BetMGM. Expect this one to see the scorecards. And Billy, best bet. Yeah, I mentioned him with the DFS, but I'm on Jack Shore's money line. He's about even money. I also like him inside the distance at plus 450. He's fighting Team Valiev, who, if you look up his record, it shows that he's undefeated in the UFC. But he was actually knocked out pretty badly by Trevin Jones in his debut. I think Trevin Jones failed the post-fight drug test, so that's a no contest now. But uh, Valiev's going to be looking to bring it to the ground. He's attempted takedowns in every round he's fought, other than the one in which he was knocked down by Jones. But his defensive grappling isn't as strong. He only defends takedowns at a 55% clip. So I think if Shore's attempting takedowns too, it could be one of those where whoever shoots first ends up on top. And you see that a lot with guys who are used to being the one going for the takedown that never really have to defend them. So I like Jack Shore in that sense. And I also think he's got a stand-up edge. He has better striking accuracy and defense and another four inches in reach. So for him to be even money and then plus 450 to get a stoppage, I'm going to sprinkle that a little bit. But yeah, that's going to be my, the money line being my best bet on that one. Taking Shore by decision plus 240 at FanDuel. I like that bet as well. 
Nice. Very good. There are a lot of fights on this card, folks, that have shorter odds than usual weeks. So this should be a fun weekend at the O2 Arena in London. So that's going to do it this week, folks. That was your UFC Fight Night 204 betting preview. For Sean Zarillo and Billy Ward, Brendan Glasheen, be sure to join us every Friday on the Action Network podcast. We get, get you set for UFC Fight Night. We bring you an episode every Friday to get you ready for Saturday's cards. We will join you next week. Best of luck with all of your betting and daily fantasy needs and competition, and we will catch you next time.